Welcome to SageCast, the podcast of Pomona College. I'm Patty Vest. And I'm Mark Wood. This season on SageCast, we're discussing mentoring stories with one of students, professors, coaches, and staff who work closely together in the classroom, in the lab, and in the field. Today, we're talking with theater major Anais Gonzalez-Nyberg, class of 20, and Joven Ortega, assistant professor of theater and dance. Welcome, Anais and Gio. Thanks for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Well, it's good to have you with us. Um, let's start with what brought you both together, theater. Um, <laughs> what drew each of you to the stage? And uh, let's start with you, Anais. What drew me to the stage? I, kind of the, the liberal arts education, I would say. I took an acting class to satisfy one of my requirements my first semester, my first year, uh, with Megan Prawl, who's a friend of Geo's. And I remember I finished the class, loved it, and was like, well, this was fun. Time to go back to politics and everything I thought I'd be doing uh, in college. And she's like, well, no, there's this directing class in the spring. I think you'd like it. I'm friends with the professor. And I was like, I don't know if I have time for this. Like, I like it, but it'd be a distraction. I have to get back to, like, real life. All the all those, like, cliches. And she's like, just, yeah. meet with, just meet with him. And so I remember I was like, dear Professor Ortega, Megan has told me all about your class, like blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, let's just meet. And I remember from like day one, he's like, I'm Gio. Join my class. Like you're in, like, please take it. And I was like, okay. So I took his intro to directing class and I was one of the only first years. There was a few first years in it, but it was mostly upperclassmen. And we kind of clicked there. I never felt more happy as a person, more like emotionally and intellectually like satisfied than when I was in that class. Um, with those people and it felt like this was just a perfect fit and then Gio kind of just made sure I stuck around after <laughs> beginning of my sophomore year he was like come by my office like let's have a talk and he was like so cabaret the musical assistant director I want you and I was like I'm not majoring he's like mm, we, mm, double, we can talk about this double majors <laughs> so he kind of just like lured me in uh and I kind of just kept coming back and then I didn't leave <laughs> that's really it <laughs> and and now I'm gone for the year <laughs> we can now talk about that <laughs> the ultimate bait and switch <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so same for you Gio yeah wait did we meet at an open house though I felt like there was a lot of people there and then you came up to me yes because I had sent you that email I was like hey Megan says I should take your class yeah. but since I technically hadn't taken intermediate acting, I wasn't like qualified to take right, your class right. yet. Um, so you were like, hey, meet me at this open house, the spring open house. In the house. spring, yeah. And then yeah, I said, yeah, sure. And I like right. was like, handshake. Hi, Professor Ortega. You're like, I'm Gio. Everyone calls me Theo Gio. Like, uh, uh. <laughs> you were like, it was like so formal. Yeah, so you see how she got the you. eye roll? Yeah. The eye roll. Yeah. We got it on camera. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I just yeah, I'm afraid our listeners can't see that. But, uh, but you can imagine. <laughs> So funny. I was so nervous to meet you, and you were just so so calm and welcoming. You're like, no, we're all, we're all peers here. We're all friends here. That's so funny. Um, yeah, so we met, I guess, at that open house, technically. Right, right. Um, and myself, how did I get into yeah. theater? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my mom's family was filled with performers. Mm -hmm. So my mom was a singer. <clears throat> And my tia was uh, a singer. A lot of aunts were singers. My my uncles were writers. 
so I grew up in that that world of um, of the arts, performing mm -hmm. arts, mm -hmm. uh, which was kind of the um, uh, the reason why my my mother didn't want me to do it because she actually she that's what she did to ensure that I was that I was fed. She was um, uh, one of those overseas workers who left the who left the country while I was six months old and said, you know, we, we, I need to make sure that you're fed and get schooling. So she gave me to my grandmother, uh, and not gay, but like I was raised by my abuelita. Yeah. This is like the, the shared experience that we have that yeah. I was talking about. And so I grew up with my grandmother and then my, my mom eventually, um, uh, shared the hardships of being an artist and yeah. it was like this is exactly why i don't want you to do it yeah. and i was like well it's like kind it. of in my dna <laughs> you know so it took a very long time for her to get it mm -hmm. to understand and i understand where she's coming from because it was it was a livelihood for her yeah um for for over 20 years and a hard one and a very hard one right because yeah. it was like if we i don't, don't perform if i don't do this yeah my son's not gonna get fed, or my my family's not gonna get the um, the support that I had. And this is kind of like the the, the narrative that a lot of immigrant families have, mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. just performers, but like yeah. sending money home mm -hmm. is such a huge thing. Um, it just so happened that uh, my my mom was a performer, for that mm -hmm. matter. Um, but then when I moved, I moved to Chicago when I was twelve. Mm -hmm. And I used from Chicago, so yes, I, I, I moved mm -hmm. to Chicago when I was twelve, and um, that's when I found that the the outlet for me was through the arts. Right, writing was one of them. My my English was not as impeccable as it is now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so like my English was so bad, I didn't even understand me. You know, stop it, right? <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh because I won't do a show. Like, it was so bad, you know. I looked funny. I looked funny, and I thought I was like, I, I, I am like the a hipster. But then my, but the eighth graders were like, you look like a fob. <laughs> you know, you look like you just got off the boat. <laughs> and, and so, like, and that that was such a learning experience. So I spent the next few years like. Through this assimilative process to um, uh, shed my my identity, mm -hmm. which was funny because that is the main reason why I get to do the work now, mm -hmm. like sharing those narratives and those stories. Um, yeah, and it just kept on going. You know, I went I went to UIC and. Um, but my mom was like, I can't pay for your school. I'm raising two kids. I'm working two jobs. And this is where my own mentorship um, came into fruition. I had Dr. Michael Anderson was like, you can't, oh, you can't afford school. Well, let, let's get you in a, um, a TA position. Mm -hmm. I could vie for a scholarship. And I was like, oh, my goodness, there, there's people who will believe in me. And I think that's one of the the main reasons why now I get to believe in others, and that's that's what I saw with this one that mm -hmm. that moment I met her. Yeah, you touched, and both of you have touched a, a little bit on it. But um, can you tell us a little bit more about your working relationship? And I think that what you just <laughs> told us a little sheds light a little bit on on men mentors 
believed in you and helped you. Um, yeah. So, and, and you said you met at an open house or, or mm-hmm. through because you wanted to take his class. How did that evolve into a mentor mentee relationship? <laughs> yeah, how did that evolve? <laughs> I just remember being so. I mean, throughout the entirety of the the spring semester, that first class that I took with him with directing, it was about putting voice and like having like a lot of agency over my own story, my own narrative or how I saw my identity. And really the acting class I took the first semester and then this directing class were the first opportunities I had to creatively try and like identify, but also take ownership of who I was as a Latina, as a daughter, as a Christian. I had recently been um, baptized before I had met you. And so I remember that you had us do um, our auto dramas, which are like these, oh, what are they? They're painful to do. They're, <laughs> because it's like, it's so introspective and it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's like you put yourself under the microscope and you write a story, like a 10 minute piece. And then as directors, we were supposed to also direct our piece, perform in them, write them, um, and tell it in like three stages. I remember that was like the specificity you wanted. You're like, it was mm-hmm. in three stages. And I remember I ended my piece, um, which I started performing as my mother and like my mother on the phone with my father about me being bullied in school and me being so um, like I had just transferred school. So I was like in like grade school then. And then the second scene was I was on the diving block as a as an athlete. I was an athlete all throughout um, high school swimmer and a water polo player. And I pushed myself so hard, like three injuries, kept Mm. kept going, kept going, kept going. So I didn't have time to like nurture my creative self because I was always pushing my 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 being a leader at the pool basically for um three years there and then I so then I was talking I like was on the diving block and I was pushing myself in I remember I like fall off the diving block and I stumble into a I lost that race I lost this moment I don't know what I'm doing I'm trying to get into college kind of monologue and then I finished it off with a I'm speaking to God and then it was like no longer a pool and a diving block but I was being submerged into water and baptism and it was the strangest thing to do in front of people I didn't know, like a new mm-hmm. professor, mm-hmm. classmates I didn't know, mm-hmm. who were upperclassmen. And I never talked about my faith in like such a liberal setting mm-hmm. or with people who I knew didn't quite believe what I believed. Um, and I just remember feeling so embraced mm-hmm. and feeling so courageous. And I felt like I'd never given myself that space before. And then I was doing it there, like in the in the class. And I remember I was crying at everyone else's stories when they were sharing. And it was this wonderful feeling of like, what is this power that we're all tapping into right now? And what is, how can I embrace that and harness that, like not only in this class, but like in every step of my life? And so I think that identity of director and wanting to tell people stories and like embrace these different um, identities and like kind of build an overall vision that's where that came from. And I didn't know that's what I was doing at that moment. And then I came back from my sophomore year and Gio called me to his office. He's like, hey, we're going to hang out. And I was like, oh, Gio just wants to be friends. So that's cool. <laughs> um, and he's telling me, he's, he, says, yeah, always. he says, what about a double major? Like, I know you're passionate about politics. I know you're passionate about what you're doing in your other work, but don't discount theater. Don't discount what you're finding here. This is not just a one-off. This was fun. You can do this. And I believe you can do this. And it... I don't think if we didn't have that conversation, I would have considered theater as a major. 
I didn't think I was like necessarily talented in that way. And I thought you had to be like very specifically talented and like have like a theater persona already going into college to want to do theater in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the weirdest thing. And I still remember going back to my dorm, going back to Harwood that that afternoon after our conversation and calling my mom like, I might do a theater double major. And she goes, theater? <laughs> Wait, do you mean like media studies? Like film? No, I'm like, no, like theater, like on stage performance. And she's like, okay, I always knew you were outspoken and chatty. I'm like the only, I'm the only daughter. I'm the only child. Um, always been outspoken and creative, but never in that way. And she trusted me because I said, well, this professor offered me this like, assistant director position for the semester. And I'm going to try it out. He said, try cabaret, join me on the project, and then we'll talk. And the cabaret was the best thing I, I ever committed myself to at that point. It was the craziest, it was the oh. craziest project. Oh, um, yeah. How many performers did we have in that show? Six. It's only six shows. No, how many, um, how many actors did we have in cabaret? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> did we have 22? I think it was 22. It was huge. Costumes were like... huge. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a lot of students. Yeah, and I never felt more more connected to my community or more alive than I felt when I was working with those students. Like being able to um, affirm what they were putting out on stage and their different questions and um, what am I doing here? Like, what is the purpose of this? Like, is this the right way? And I'm like, that's your way. Follow your way. We trust. We we picked you for this for a reason. Mm-hmm. Your way is is our way as a team. Um, and. I love that role. That like that compassionate nurture mentor. I was becoming a baby Geo essentially. Like I was like a forming. <laughs> like I mean, honestly. And so I think I don't know. I've lost the question at this point. But <laughs> honestly, like that is that is what it was. It was him being like giving me space to figure out who I was because he saw what I was, who I could have been, who I was becoming, but I wasn't sure because I didn't. I hadn't accepted that yet. And mm-hmm. then so I think our relationship was just him kind of nudging me, like giving me space to figure out, accept, take ownership of. And having someone be that confident in me mm. helped me with my own confidence and changed my life. I'm here now. I'm only a theater major, no double major. <laughs> that, that flew out the window. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. yeah something. <laughs> um, did you know that my auto drama was a, very similar? Yes, you did. You I told did me tell you after, that, right? and I was I th- yeah. Yeah, I think that was one of, one of the main re- reasons. So it's like my auto drama was also based, a faith based. Mm-hmm. At the end, I was like, you know, praying in front of all these other people who mm-hmm. I've never met, and mm-hmm. it was just like this um, out of body experience. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Would you, you know, would you talk to us about that that uh, uh, experience mm-hmm. that you know the the. Um, the auto drama. Why do you have that as part of of, of your class? And it, it, it sounds like an abs- almost devastatingly eye opening yeah. <laughs> kind of experience to yeah. go yeah, through. It's cathartic. Um, it could be triggering. That's why we we have you know we really discuss it first. Um, I it's it's a process that Mel Shapiro, another mentor. Uh, created through the my, based my, on Meisner, if I'm not mistaken, it's a mixture of like the methodology of Strasberg and Sanford Meisner, and so through the years, because it was when when I did it, mm-hmm. it was also the second second week of school. Oh, 
You you have us do it really. Yeah, we really have. Quickly. I have it do. I have students do it really early because yes. my my experience from when I learned it was. The first two to three weeks of school. This sounds almost like a rite of passage. It is. A, it is. It is. It's this whole notion of um, being completely selfless in front of the people you know uh, and showing your true self um, in order to convey a visceral reaction. It becomes mm-hmm. a communal um, relationship with the audience. So this kind of process allows actors and directors to realize that this job is not um, to show off, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about ego or self-centeredness, self-centeredness, but quite the opposite. The more selfless you are as a director or as an actor, the more impact it has with the audience. Although the audience doesn't know that, right? The, the audience right. will never realize that. Oh, this character you're playing, you were such a good actor. While in fact, you were probably channeling your abuelita who passed mm-hmm. away 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. So I thought that was really important to incorporate um, in, in my study. So all it's a rite of passage. All the students go through it, regardless if they're writers, directors or actors. Um, I'll say this, like, because because Anais, I saw what Anais did and then through that auto drama I realized that there's something special with with her because of her of her <laughs> faith. I know I was like We need to bring tissues. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, no. this is the slightly embarrassing part of we run into this every time we do one of these. It's like the time when you start talking about each other and, and we want that. Oh um, so, it's it's all so, good. We all we good. cry. We always cry at each other. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. um uh, no, no, I think what's really important is like there is a certain sense in in spaces where there's faith shaming. And with Anais, we didn't have that. And there's been a good consistent um, group of people that came before her. You know, Aliyah Muhammad, Matthew O'Connor, yes. right? There's um, uh, Fabian Moten, who have been part of this, this kind of lineage who are not afraid to speak about spirituality mm-hmm. and um, and that was really important in our relationship that we're able to pray about what what our path is so this whole idea of faith and fate right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it kind of diffuses any anxieties we may have when we say oh yeah 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 it's it's there's someone watching over me or yeah. It's 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 what I planned out to do, but at the end of the day, you can go out and say, well, what yeah. is the plan, right? I still remember before Cabaret opened that, I mean, we have this huge cast and we're like trying to take care of everyone. And I remember he pulled me to the side. And, and we need, it's Cabaret. Yeah. It's about Nazi Germany, right? Yeah. So. No, I mean, the tension's there. You're, yeah. you're absorbing Oof. all the tension of so much. performers and all the emotions yeah. are running high and you're trying to be the rock for everyone. And Gio was very much showing me by example, like that's like of the role of the director in that, in that, in that space. And then I remember he pulls me to the side and we link arms and we pray. And I remember I was just like, I never thought coming to Pomona I would ever pray with a professor. <laughs> right? Like to be seen in that way and to yeah. be yeah. um and to be just cared for. Like you, you, we have a huge cast. There are all these running people are running amok, everything's going up, the curtain's about to go and it's yeah. and he's like, "Hey, moment. 
and we pray together. And same thing happened before um, Marisol when I performed. So my first role as a performer, especially oh in the main goodness. stage, uh, was in uh, Marisol, which went up the spring of my sophomore year, so the next semester. And I still remember just like texting him and being like, I need prayer right now. Like I was terrified being one of the, I mean, being the main performer in that show. And I'd never performed in that way. And I was terrified to take the role. And I remember Gio just consistently kept praying over me of like, this story needs to be told. You know, you can tell this story. Um, also just encouraging me of like how like that was a that was a, a blessing to the community to tell that story. Cause I was terrified to take the role. Um, and I remember you just mm. always consistently were like, this isn't about like you. It's not about your ego. It's not about, it's about what are you giving back yeah. by being the the vessel, the person, the actor that helps tell the story. Um, and I think that that generosity that he instills in all of us, that is why I was also able to become a major in the department because of the people, of the students I'm working with, incredibly compassionate, driven, very selfless. And I didn't expect that going, you, you hear the cliches about theater all the time of like, ego running high, everyone wants to be at the top, like tearing each other down. And that's not what I observed as a first year and then going into my second year. Um, we instill like a very much in our department, a culture of of being gracious with each other and loving. And this is like a team effort. And I was like, okay, I wanna be on this team. And eventually I wanna like help run this team. Mm. And I feel like that's where I'm at now as a senior. Um, but I think that's because of the example that you and the other professors give that we're able to have that culture here that is so loving, generous, um, everything that the art should be and that the industry should be. And unfortunately, that's not always the case. Um, did you did you find that? Um, how was it? I mean, just so you know, Anais was just an intern at the Steppenwolf Theater in <laughs> Chicago. How yes. was that experience? Life changing. I mean, it it was it was the affirmation of like, I'm afraid that this wonderful community that we have here mm. in our school is only going to be here at Pomona at the Claremont Colleges in our school. And I was like afraid of, okay, if I'm going to go join the theater industry, am I going to ever find that, that selflessness, that shared vision, that, that pursuing a dream, but never compromising who we are as people and pursuing the dream and pursuing that, that storytelling. And then Steppenwolf was that, and it was, and Steppenwolf was that, but at home in Chicago, which I never was a part of the theater community in Chicago before, I went to school. So it was kind of like returning home and then like rediscovering Chicago and rediscovering home and the com theater community and what it does for mm -hmm. Chicago as a whole, as a very segregated community. So I felt very seen mm -hmm. and I was very su surprised to be at a company with that. I mean, Steppenwolf is, Steppenwolf's huge and it was very right. humbling to be there, but I always felt seen and I always felt like there was a lot of respect with what people were doing and how they were engaging with their work and with each other and it was a team and I was like okay this is this is what I've been experiencing but now kind of at the big table at the big league at the big leagues um yes. and so that was powerful and it kind of just reassured me of like no you did not I mean I constantly <laughs> doubt myself I'm like should I have been a theater major like really is this what I'm supposed to be doing like did I kind of just fall in love with this thing and then yeah so that reaffirms everything um <laughs> It was it was crazy, yeah, being there for three months. It sounds months. amazing. Yeah, oh, I loved it. Yeah, loved it so much. You, um, oh, go ahead. No, um, you've shared your the, the connection that you found through your faith, and yes. you've mentioned a little bit about if you can tell us more about your Chicago connection that you were just talking about, and also mm -hmm. the the background, the 
of coming from immigrant families that yeah. also brought you guys together. Can you talk more about those similarities? Well, Anais is a Posse scholar, so I think I that was that was one of the um, entry points right away. Mm -hmm. There was a student named King Robinson a few years back, in 2014, who, when I was still lecturing and became a visiting, um, worked with me and became my advisee, one of my first advisee, and he was a Posse scholar, and you know how the, the culture of... Pomona College and the Claremont Colleges is if it, if someone is interested in working with you, guess what? The friends and the the allies start coming in. Yeah. So through the years, I've I think there's this this um, conversation with posse scholars and uh, students who take my classes, and when, the moment they say, "Oh, I'm a posse scholar," I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> welcome, welcome home, welcome to the family." Yeah. And and that's now now that my posse we have posse scholars from Miami as well. Yes. Um, the the initial point was they were from Chicago, right? And and specifically, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're you're the scholar here. Um, students who are many are POCs. Yes. Who come from who have to vie and constantly prove themselves. I also want to add because because we are. Anais and I are identify as people of color. There's this sense of we have to overcompensate and work three times as hard to get to where we are. There's a, that's a shared experience that we have, and and still we get the stereotype that we got in because of the color of our skin, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that 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 is the narrative we're constantly trying to dismantle, and a shared experience that we have that it's not just just like happy space that um, we occupy, but also uh, moments where Anais can say like, yo, this person just said this. And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk. Right? <laughs> so um, Chicago is a huge um, space for, for us and my other advisees that we have coming from immigrant families. And having met my first year with, I mean, I, so I was raised by my mother, um, like my father's yeah. definitely a part of my life, but I was raised by my mother predominantly. And then to leave, like not only to leave home, but to go to California, like to like just go across the country. I was still reeling from missing my family, of mm -hmm. constantly feeling away from my family, of feeling um, my first autodrama that I wrote and performed when I was um, an acting with, student mm -hmm. with Megan was about me packing my bags and having a conversation with my abuela who was disappointed that I was leaving. Mm -hmm. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I became a Posse scholar. I got into Pomona College. Do you not understand? Yeah. Like, every, like everything I gave to get side, this. Right? And then she's like, you could have stayed here and been with the family and right. you're leaving me. I was okay. roommates with my grandmother for 10 years. Oh. Um, we had bunk beds. The bunk bed is still there. Oh I just God. now sleep on the sofa downstairs because I just can't do the, I, I now have had a single for three years of a moment. I can't do it anymore. Uh, she hates me for it. But, me and my brother yeah. slept on the floor, okay? You know what, fair, you know what, fair, fair. Fair enough. He humbles me all the time. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just having met my first year when I was still homesick. I'm still, like, trying to figure out where where can I see glimpses of home in Claremont in a, in a town that doesn't look like Chicago or where I grew up in Chicago. And 
definitely doesn't have the weather of Chicago. <laughs> um, and but then it was it was really powerful to work with professors who are friends and peers who 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 knew home, who knew Chicago, who knew who knew how weird it is that you don't hear sirens here all the time and that it's too quiet and that's strange and trying to like drop your guard all the time and all these all these different factors that come with growing up in the city. Mm. Um, and you understood them. Yeah, and absolutely. More importantly, you understood why home was so important for me because of my mom and my abuela. Like you understood the dude, it's weird being alone in my dorm room when I don't have my abuela. And like, mm -hmm. this is my, that was my best friend. Like she is my best friend. So it's like, it is this weird um, thing of like, I can't believe, I couldn't believe I was talking to my professor about it of all them. Like, you're my professor, you're just my teacher. But no, you, you, you became family as well because you understood the family that I was leaving behind mm -hmm. and constantly feeling like I um, had abandoned sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, she was yeah. in Panama when, was she there? She was in Panama. She ended so up going, right? Um, you mean when I went to Panama? Yeah. Okay. We, we did a we did SERP. We did a SERP. Woo! <laughs> in Colombia and then Panama. Yes. Mm -hmm. My abuela was already in Panama that month um, right. visiting with her younger brother. She was helping him take care of the... Because he's very ill, so she was helping them take care of the, the family there. So, and then I call her and I'm like, hey, I got a SERP. I got funding for my school. I'm going to be in Bogota, Colombia, which... Panama and Colombia, they have they have their grievances, but um, I was going for the for their. For, <laughs> I mean, let's get real. <laughs> um, and so we went. Um, yeah, we went to Bogota, and then I was like, no, we also have to step. If we're gonna be there, we have to stop in Panama. Yeah. Um, so I stayed with her for a few days. Um, stayed with my uncle. That was it. Was a good time. Um, that was crazy. That was absolutely crazy to go. Another thing of Gio, of like, oh my goodness, he's like, that was so nerve-wracking for me with, with her being there. Too. I didn't realize it. Why? Until... Tell us about well, the SERP. Oh, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, tell us uh, the topic of the SERP. And the then... topic of the SERP was, it was about interacting with the identity of, uh, like, of a Latina, of identifying with these women, but then also how does artistry, how does the art, how does theater, how does however we we are able to explore who we are as people and then share that, which through me was theater, for me was theater, and then um, performance. It was about having those conversations in those environments, about going to them rather than reading about it or just admiring of like these like incredible people that are putting on these very powerful projects abroad, but then I was never, never in the space. And I, I've hardly ever traveled out of the country before that, I think it was like one of my first times. I'd been to Panama once. I went my senior year of, in high school as like a birthday gift. It was like, oh, you get to finally see where you're from. You get to finally see where your mom grew up, like the home and everything. Um, but then that was my first time back and I think my second time out of the country. That was weird. And then I was going for school with a professor. Without your family. Without yeah, my family. Yeah. And they're like, wait, they're like, oh, you're going with Gio? And they're like, guess we trust Gio. <laughs> like my family was super protective about me, me leaving the country. Um, but they were very, they were trusting because they knew I was going with my mentor. Um, and that he wouldn't let anything happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, that's, a, no, that's, he was that's where he was, we, that's yeah. no where pressure. Theo Gio no pressure. really happened. Yeah, yeah. That's where Theo Gio happened. Um, mm. so that was what the project, um, like that was, that's what I wanted to have exposure to out there. And then Gio got us in touch with Trick Law Company, or friends of his. Yeah, in um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. There's a whole theater company that went down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I got to like hop on the bag 
bandwagon there. That was really cool where he was like, we have a, we have a project. This is what you're like. I flew in a few days late. I remember because I was still transitioning out of my finals <laughs> week. It was like quite literally like right after I left Pomona, hopped to Chicago real quick. And then I like flew right back out to Bogota. She came in um, the day, day before, before the, the performance. <laughs> and so the whole concept is um, – the, the title is uh, La Madre de los Egilios, yeah, Mother of Exiles, exile. right? So it was in this um, neighborhood called Candelaria. Yes. Oh, and it was Candelaria. a beautiful, like, house that's turned into a theater for the community. It's a very poor co- community. Mm. Uh, so people beautiful. were like, don't go there. You know, it's a bad neighborhood. And it was like, but we got there and it was a beautiful, it was just a poor neighborhood mm-hmm. is what it was. So uh, so the whole concept is site specific. It's like site-specific and immersive so you go to different rooms and different pieces of the play is simultaneously happening yeah. and you just kind of piece oh, wow. it together yeah. um, but there was one section where everybody is in one spot um uh, it's the beginning actually and yeah, then the um and then she arrived and we heard we threw her into the it story threw me in i showed up i was like oh it's friday um show goes up to like tomorrow wait no it went up that evening wasn't it? No, 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 no. I think you came in the afternoon, the following. I came in at night. I came in on a Thursday. I think it was a Thursday night. The Friday morning was the show. That yeah, was that's that right. Day. right. So Thursday, and they were like, I'm like, Thursday I'm here. Night, what do you want Friday me to do? Friday was the performance. Yeah. I really didn't know. He was just like, get ready. He kept texting me like, get ready. And I was like, oh my God, I'm getting on the plane. I was like, okay. And then <laughs> the next day, the next day I show up and they're like, yeah, so we want you performing at the beginning as, as, as the daughter or as the, as the, yeah. Yeah, as the youngest in the family. And they put me in this, like, insane dress. It was beautiful. But I looked like a muñeca. Like, I looked like a doll. She's coming down. And I'm I'm coming down these stairs that I'm trying not to trip down. And I'm also speaking in Spanish. I'm performing in Spanish. Never done before. Oh, no. Totally different, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm so self-conscious about my Spanish speaking. I mean, my Spanglish is on point. Like, my grandmother speaks to me in Spanish. I respond in English. Like, that is fluent in Spanglish, but, yeah. I'm fluent in Spanglish. Performing in Spanish. Oh, my gosh. Uh, That was... Oh my god, that was that was crazy, and yeah, they just threw me in. They were like, "We want," but from the beginning, like, I'm meeting these actors that morning, like it is the morning of, and they already have like they've already been working on this piece for like a week, and then I come in and they're like, "You yeah, know, we want you in this room with us. This is what you're going to be doing, but also, what do you see? What needs to change? What about this perspective? What do you want to be doing?" And I was like. I just got here. You could tell me, was, but you could tell me to sit there the whole, and I, and I will happily do so because I'm just like looking like I'm a so excited to be there. Looking like a muñeca. Yeah, it was, it was like polka dot red, big skirt, Goofy, like the biggest sleeves, like some Snow White Cinderella, That's but not so high budget. Funny. Like it not was crazy. High budget at all. Um, and they had me. Yeah, they had me like running around between. I was um, a guide for the the audience members because they were transitioning between rooms Mm. so I would lead them into one room um and I would give them a bag and they were supposed to give it to the performers um so I was kind of like their segue into the room and I remember oh that was one of those incredible pieces too where it was um oh my gosh um they were opening it was Elsa's they were opening the so she was receiving a bag um, because she was taking in, um, in refugees. She was taking in oh, refugees into goodness, her kitchen. So she, you had to like tell them to be like, I was like running them in. I was like, she gotta be quiet. Um, because they were hiding from the authorities and she takes them in and she's giving them these like care packages that she's making them all for their journey. And at the same time, she receives a bag that is 
something, it was something of her father's mm. that like returned mm-hmm, to her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you're seeing the father packing the bag as in like ghost. the wind as a ghost behind, behind her. Yeah, and then right. you're watching her simultaneously open the bag. And it was like, oh, wow. one, yeah. tearjerker, like emotional. Yeah. But then it was funny because then I spent the entire afternoon working on the synchronization of that piece yeah. with them because they didn't have the set, the, they yeah. had a person now to help them with right. that. Uh-huh. And so it was just, it was, yeah crazy feeling like I was such a huge part of something I literally jumped into the morning up and this is something they've been working on like planning for for months this project and it brought in performers from Poland and we had the the Tercer Acto is the the group that housed us the resident theater theater company and also the most incredible experience of like I went into this surf thinking I'm like oh I'm gonna find these women and I got to work with the most incredible badass women I could even like so cool but then the exciting part was the lesson of you're hearing Polish, English, and Spanish all in one room, all in one play about this unified story of, of migration and exile and of, of ref, like of finding refuge and family. And theater was the, was the through language. Yeah. The art yeah. was the language. And by the end of that week, that weekend, honestly, we were starting to be able to understand each other and like appreciate each other. But the, uh, from the beginning, it was like Anais and Gio are translating. And I was like, one, who made me tra- like you? Can't by by you the end, was translating though, right? No, because <laughs> trick clock. They, not everybody spoke uh, oh, Spanish. Cool. Spanish, yeah. But by the uh, and I was like, by that point, I was tired. Yeah, they, so they caught this on. This one was like translating at that yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> But it was the the theater was our our shared language. It was so beautiful. Mm. It was one of the most beautiful experiences. The the, the stories you've been telling uh, kind of remind me of something I've been fascinated mm-hmm. with, which is the the sort of the two sides of mentorship. There's the very supportive side. The the you know all the the support you've gotten from Geo, but there's also the pushing. I was just <laughs> gonna there's say the, there's, the, there's the tough love. Geo kicks. The, Geo kicks me. Know, and, get ready. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. can you talk a little bit about how you balance that? How do you how you know what's right for a person yeah. that you're working with? Um. You leave them their senior year. I leave. Them, <laughs> and you let them flounder. I am dealing with this right now. The messages I get from all oh. seven seniors and everybody else. No. Um. No. I. I, it, <laughs> no, for, for, I abide by four rules. Be, do you know what they are? You know what they are. Visionary, are visionary, <laughs> visionary, collaborative, nurturing, collaborative, nurturing, and compassion. No, that is nurture. Where's the last one? Oh my goodness. Oh my God, decisive. No, decisive. Decisive. Oh, yeah. see, that's what decisive. I'm not. That's the one I still struggle <laughs> uh, You kind of can see it. In people, you know, the fact that Anais wanted to be a politics major and had very strong opinions, but has a heart showed that she is going to be a leader. That for the first day I met her, I was like, oh, okay, there's there's still a lot of training to do, but this is definitely a leader in the making. And um, by the time we got to Colombia, it was like, really testing those waters yeah. already. But also being, I, I always say be cautious and conscious, right? Not, we, we will not discount the fact that a lot of South America is is very patriarchal, right? Mm-hmm. So there was a moment in Panama where, you know, <laughs> being haggled mm-hmm. happens. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, well, I am very cautious, you know? So yeah. how do we make she sure... I, I did. And it was like two blocks, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, I make sure that 
she has her space, but I have my space. But then it's not too far away. Yeah, it was like a 10-minute so ten, ten walk. 10-minute walk. And yeah. um, I was like, oh, okay, well, then I have to make sure that you get home with the theater company and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the thing. We cannot be hidden in our shells, especially yeah. now when the rise of patriarchy is rearing its head because we're now in a space where everybody is given a voice, especially women of color can speak their minds. Uh, the, the backlash is... There's that side of fear who will say, no, stay in your lane, right? Yeah. And uh, I know enough where I can step back and say, there's your space, go. You go, girl. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> you got, you got this. this. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm still watching. Wrong. Right. Um, and and <laughs> just to segue through her thesis project, I knew I knew for a fact that I was going to be gone the fourth. She, she, when she realized that I was going to be gone, she's pouting. When she realized that she was, I was going to be gone, they weren't happy. I knew right. I knew right away that okay, my fourth year, I'm going to be gone. Um, how do we instill the knowledge and the mentorship so that she's ready to direct her her show next semester? Okay, so you made it seem like, you make it seem like I'm being like unreasonable in like my being. It's the funny part is that he got caught. That's the funny part. That's the joke is that I didn't know he was going to be gone my senior year. So I'm talking with another class. I'm in her Shakespeare class, and we're talking about like just being seniors and what shows will go up our senior year. And I'm like, and she's like, yeah, but we're not going to have that many in house professors directing that that year and then i'm like well what do you mean she's like well i'll be gone geo will be gone and i go geo's gonna be gone my senior and she goes yeah you guys have talked about this right because thesis and i was like i just pull out my phone and i'm like hey hey geo do you have anything you want to share with me and he goes who told you that's his immediate response he knows exactly what i'm talking about he's like oops told you um Casino's gonna spook me. I mean, the, the great thing is that Gio's always like he's share. He's like we're working on this together. We're working on my my path as a director of of making sure I have all these resources available to me as a director. Even though technically directing is not like a track in our department, we've just been kind of we've building these up. We've been now, right? we've <laughs> creating an emphasis. That's what he told me from the beginning. He's like, we don't have this in our department, um, but we will build it, and we will build it for students after you as well too partake in and be empowered by and well, her her yeah. her year is the first year in a very long while who has now part of the season a studio season whose yeah. thesis is uh produced and supported in a way that it mm. hasn't been before yeah as part of is like in tangent to the main stage yeah, season exactly um which mm. is huge no pressure um no pressure <laughs> for, for for zed and i another one of his, his mentees um no but i still i still remember uh when that came up of like, oh, I'm going to be, he, he'll be gone because he was my my primary mentor and then Carolyn Radaway is going to be gone and uh, Megan Prawl is technically still a visiting professor so she like couldn't like legitimately be, mm-hmm. be my advisor though she'll always be a huge friend and mentor of mine. But then we brought in Jessie Mills, um, a new professor. Well, this is her second year now. This is her second this year. This is her wow. second year. Yeah. But Jessie's a directing professor and she teaches acting but she also just has like – primarily as a director. And when we were um, conducting interviews, I remember my class, my Shakespeare class was the class that was like the guinea pig for all the different professors that we were bringing in to interview. And when we met Jesse, we were like, oh, that's a fit right there. Like that's a Mm -hmm. partnership. And I was so 
jazz when I met her and I was talking about all these projects with her. Um, and I knew when I like went back to show, I was like, oh yeah, I'm so excited about Jesse. He's like, yeah, I know you are. Cause he's working it around. He's like, he's making sure that we're going to be taken care of, that we have the mentorship that we need because Gia's not always going to be my only mentor in life. He's not, but yeah. it's about yeah. expanding on that. And it's mm -hmm. like, this is like a bigger family that we're building in our department. It's not just um, Gio taking care of everyone. It's enabling us to find other creative minds who are going to work with us and help yeah, us grow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Jesse is my kind of been um, supporting me in this thesis, which is um, Daphne's Dive is by uh, Chiara Alegria Hudes. She wrote Water by the Spoonful. She won the, how do you pronounce it? Pulitzer? The Pulitzer. The Pulitzer. I always fail at that. That's okay. That's not what I'm, <laughs> pronunciation It's not my, my game. And I, I remember that we were on the same play selection committee for um, the past season that just mm -hmm, went mm -hmm. up. And I brought in Daphne's Dive as an option um, to do on the main stage. And then it, we, the, the team liked it. It, was, it's a, it consists of some staff members and then students, uh, mainly underclassmen students. And then the staff, like the faculty will approve at the end on four shows um, that meet like the logistical needs of our, of our season. And I was really excited about that show. And then at the last second, it just didn't pan out. Well, we did Water by the Spoonful instead, um, which went up when I was abroad in London which last is funny. fall. What, what yeah. And then I still remember the inside joke of like us winking across the table. It was like, all right, Daphne's isn't happening now. Wink, wink. But I'm going to make sure it happens at some point. And then that's what I proposed when I came back from London in January when I got back. I did like, was it like a 30 minute pitch? A 30-minute like walkthrough of my vision of this play. <laughs> I saw them. You need to do a PowerPoint. It was right. A long I mean, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things. If yeah. you're gonna go out in the real world, mm -hmm. you cover your bases, and if you're gonna yeah. uh, propose something, be ready he and, he and look professional. Repped me. Um, they were like, "This is the word. This is your vision. This is what you want to be doing. <laughs> Tell us. Show us." Um, so I got up in front of the staff staff members i never even worked with because they're the dance uh professors and i pitched a vision a dream oh, that i had in my amazing. head of this show that i wanted to do um and that i wanted to i wanted to advocate for myself that hey this should go up like main stage this should go up with the same resources that geo would get as mm -hmm. if he's directing cabaret mm -hmm. or he's directing um government inspector and then both zed and i um zed hopkins and i uh, we're approved and so we're doing our shows in rep with each other um, yeah. and that's great because that's what graduate students are doing in their MFA directing yep. programs they're exactly. doing their shows in rep with each other so we're getting that experience as undergrads and we can take that when we go for our MFAs eventually if that's on the cards um, yeah it's your calling card yeah so that's what we're building and that's what's going up in the spring so Daphne's Dive opens on April 8th Oh, I can't believe it's already happening in April. It's just, it's lived in here in my mind for so long uh, and in my heart. And now it's like, I'm, I'm going to be casting actors hopefully happen. this, oh, hopefully this goodness. semester Ooh, and so it's all happening. Um, yeah. Which is, which is just bizarre because a year ago it was, I was abroad in London. I was like, I hope I could do something like this for my thesis. And now it's, oh, it's happening. And the whole, I'm working very closely with the faculty now of like, okay, how are we going to make this happen? And how are we going to build this, the shell of what the studio series can be so that Future, future years, like that the juniors and the sophomores and everyone or students who come into the department know this has happened before and this is something that they can do um, so that they can create. Zed is writing his own uh, original pathos, <laughs> which is crazy. I'm like, wow. his, he's writing his own piece and he's putting it up in the spring. And then I'm taking 
a very beloved piece um, and trying to honor honor who this is work. Yeah. Um, that's intimidating because <laughs> she's uh, a huge inspiration of mine. Um, and so that's what we're doing in the spring. And it's, he, he helped initiate. He was like, you have this dream. You know you can make it happen, right? Like with the SERP. Like I didn't know I could go abroad. Or LDA, London Dramatic Academy. She was admitted to their semestral program. I jumped on that wagon so late. It was like, Gio, I think I want to go abroad next semester. He's like, like well, oh, the application is closing in uh, like how like, long? Okay, <laughs> like, let me how later email you? them. Let um, me email Kat. Yeah, let me email everyone. He's like, all right, I have this kid. She's very late to the table. but And so I went abroad um, to London last fall. That was there a year ago. Oh, my goodness. That's right. Yeah, tell us about yeah. that, that experience. Oh, my it was terrifying. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a director it's primarily. An it's, an it's an acting, acting conservatory. Ah. You are acting Monday through Friday all day. I mean, honestly, you're acting all seven days a week because you are prepping for the next mm-hmm. week as soon as you Very rigorous. <laughs> Very rigorous. Um, I was one of 17 uh, students. All, we're all American students um, who study with Fordham University's program um, in London. We lived in Clerkenwell, and it was – an incredible experience. And I never thought I'd think I'd be in Europe. I'd never been to Europe before. I'd never been across the Atlantic. That was terrifying. It was funny because I felt like I was following my mom's footsteps because she went to she Paris. She stayed right? in Paris for a full year. Um, and my grandmother also hated her for doing that. She's like, how dare you go and leave me for a year in a different country? Um, so my grandmother was like, why do you have to, you went to California. Now you got to go to Londres. Like, por qué? Like she was just so angry, <laughs> but very proud at the same time. Always very proud, but just like angry proud. Um, angry proud. Angry slash angry, proud. Angry slash proud. And so I finally found my like niche as a director and I'm here I am like, okay, I want to go abroad. I want to get the actor's experience. So I'm going to go hang out with 16 other actors day in, oh day out goodness. for three months. <laughs> um, and I was always just so intimidated. It was kind of an inside joke with um, Catherine Poxon, the director of the program and also my acting instructor, and I, that she was like, you have the, you have the mind and the heart of a director, but time to, time to push yourself, understand what your actors are doing hmm. um, oh. and what they experience. And so I have, I have that complete love and respect and um, regard for what – actors that I work with do. So important. The mm-hmm. preparation, the 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 talent, the the courage, just the immense courage it takes um to perform. And so it was it was an incredible experience. Um it was also just being in a new being in a being in a different country mm-hmm. uh and finally believing in myself like, oh I can I can be an adult. Mm-hmm. I can I can do this thing nowhere near my family. Um, and nowhere near anything I, I quite know. And a lot of identity, uh, identity crisis and imposter syndrome. But overcoming that was what I brought back with me of, I did that. And every time I kind of freak out here now as a senior, I'm like, no, but I did that. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and Gio came. Gio came yeah. to visit us when we were in London. He ran a workshop, I think it was our, at the end of our first month there. Yeah. Um, so I was still rattled and still like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. What am I doing here? I have two and a half more months here. Um, <laughs> And he came and he taught a workshop. I remember I wasn't quite vibing with my my cohort yet. And he came and he taught a workshop. And it was the first time that the 17 of us were working as actors and performers in a room at the same time. It was the first time we were all together. Because we're separated. Because we were separated in like two different sections usually <laughs> when we perform. So we're never quite all together. And I remember you came and you taught that workshop. And we all finally like snapped. And we became a group. We became a cohort at that moment. And... 
You can Venmo me later. <laughs> Here's my tuition that you still get. <laughs> I was like, that's still there. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was, it was weird because I remember I was like, I can't, I don't know if I'm going to vibe with these people um, for that long. And yet the same experience that I had here where it's like, I can't believe I'm being seen by these people and nurtured by these people. And I'm going through this very difficult struggle of like trying to tap into who I am as a performer and as an artist and as a, as a person in front of like strangers. And then they were no longer strangers after that workshop that Gio That's taught. That's great. And that was just weird. I'm Madeline Kerr um, is another student of his. Um, she was my roommate. And I remember we like stopped and we're like, what is it that Gio has? Like, this is all, like, it's going to your... Brujeria. Your, your brujeria. Yeah, your, your witchery. <laughs> That's my um, like, he's like, oh, they're having a hard time at LDA? I'll just show up. Snaps. <laughs> Everything's good. Um, yeah, but at the end of the semester, we were all reflecting on, like, what a what a, an emotional roller coaster it was. And then we all point back. We're like, oh, but when your professor, Geo, came to work with us, that's where we, like became a family. We became a cohort. And LDA, the, the staff always say that um, the cohort that Madeline and I were a part of was the most nurturing, supportive, oh, that's so wonderful and loving group to each other. That usually it's the case of the egos mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. and that. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, so we, we got to bring a little bit of who we are from Pomona and Claremont oh, and our community over to London. And that was really powerful. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You talked a little bit about how you found out that Gio wasn't going to be here for your senior year. Betrayal. Be because. Betrayal. <laughs> Ouch. It's still fresh. Um, because you're on sabbatical. Yeah, I'm on my steel leave. Can, yeah. um, can you tell us what you're working on? And what, oh, my goodness. Uh, um, briefly. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, in a nutshell, aside from going to LDA next week, I'm doing another workshop. Nice. We have four students there right now. Mm -hmm. My my research started out as the immigrants' diasporic imagination, right? Because uh, growing up a 1.5 immigrant raised by my abuelita and my mom was kind of um, an overseas worker. I thought those narratives, those stories need to be told. Mm -hmm. And so I've been fortunate enough and so grateful to be here at Pomona College who supports it and um, relishes in the work that we do as researchers and artists, creatives, um, I realized that the, the stories are not, are important for me as an immigrant or a child of an immigrant, but it extends out of that, right? So last year, because of the, the group of SERP students that I, that we worked with, and this year, we've started the International Imagination Collective hmm. that really interrogates and uh, the notion of equity, right? Or for that matter, dismantling um, marginalized communities. So from indigeneity, indigenous populations, um, immigrant issues, environmental issues that affect marginalized communi communities more than anyone. I don't think people realize that mm -hmm. um, yeah. people who are poor or or indigenous, the Amazons, the Cayenne people of Borneo, um, are deeply affected by climate change and environmental issues, but also um, issues that relate to women of color or women in general around. We forget that outside of North America or Western countries, as we call it Western, um, patriarchy is so rampant, right? So how, how do we get to tell those stories 
without saying, let me tell you your story. But how do you want your story told mm-hmm. so that you can continue to tell it when, when I'm not here? Right. Mm-hmm. Sustainability mm-hmm. is so important. So that's what I'm doing in, in the next year. So I've been fortunate enough to spend two, two months in Asia and then Australia. Mm. I was in Sao Paulo doing some work and I'll, I'll be in Europe next, next month. Next week. Ah! It's next week. <laughs> Anise, do you, uh, um, I know you're, you're focused like a laser on your big project coming up. Can you look past that a little bit to where you're, what, you, what your plans will be after Pomona? Oh, wow. Um, my time at Steppenwolf this summer really helped me figure out, like, okay, this is how I've been, like, nurturing my identity as a, as a theater artist at school, but, like, where is that going to translate to where I want to be after? And I'm always debating between pursuing an MFA in directing, but also I'm considering an MFA in theater management now because mm. I really admire a company, especially, like, a nonprofit mm. company like uh, Steppenwolf, in in building this this shared mission and what that means for a collection of artists and of administrators who help protect and um, propel that that artistic vision of what that does to a community, what that does to um, to our larger American theater community, and I really wanna I really wanna work on that. I want to contribute to that in a way that. Maybe I'm not going to be, and I still want to be a director. I, there's so much, there's so many freelance directors um, who, you know, they work their nine to five and then they're working on the side and they're contributing to all these great projects. But I really want to be able to be a theater administrator and help help build that shared culture of who are we as artists? What are the stories we're telling? What's the intentionality in the seasons that we are building and the plays that we put together? What's the message mm-hmm. unifying all of them? Because there is unity in the different stories that we tell and the different identities that we bring mm-hmm. forth through our work. And so I would love to pursue like being at the front of that and being able to um, just com- continue to empower the people around uh, around me that are doing fascinating work. So that's a long-term goal. And right now I see myself, uh, I worked in development at Steppenwolf, so fundraising, working with the Board of Trustees, um, engaging a a larger community around Steppenwolf that's not just who are the artists Mm -hmm. and uh, who are the staff supporting the artists and building the work, and and specifically supporting Steppenwolf education. That is a huge thing of like the education of how are we empowering our students to tell their stories because those are the stories that we need to to propel forward. That's, That's the... The future is where we need to be uh, focused and protecting. And so I think that's um, in those ways I want to keep working in development because I want to keep finding and accessing the resources and getting the attention around like this is why we're doing is meaningful to Chicago, to the United States, to our global community. Um, And that's what I'm going to keep doing hopefully. So fundraising um, and making sure that we're getting what we need to keep doing the great work because that's what's been happening here at Pomona. People are giving me the resources to do my great work, a SERP, a PSIP to do to be at Steppenwolf all summer. Um, so I think that's equally important that I continue to find that for others. Awesome. For both of you, what advice do you give to high school students who are thinking about theater? Or not thinking about theater. Or even not thinking about theater. (laughs) (laughs) Go with the impulse. 
It was it was a pure impulse of <laughs> like a very no, actor you, trained. Okay, well. No, no, you're right. I, just, I didn't mean to know. You trained me well. It's true. It's true though. But taking basic acting was just a oh, I'll do it now. Why not do it now? I know I like I I um I told Patty I took a I took one acting class when I was a sophomore in high school. That's all I had time for in my schedule. My very strict four year plan is one acting class. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, this is a chance to have fun, to enjoy it, to meet new people in this class. And that completely changed the trajectory of what I was doing of, and honestly, of my life. I see myself as, uh, as, a, as an artist now. I never, that was never mm. a core tenant of who I was. Um, maybe a student, maybe an academic, but I'm an academic and I'm an artist. And that's so important to who I am um, and who I will continue to be. And so follow the impulse. Because you never know where you're just going to fall and you're going to find this new passion. I always tell people I fell in love with theater at Pomona. Um, and it's the greatest love of my life right now mm. is theater. So I think people need to find what they love because we don't always have access to that where we come from. And I didn't have access to theater when where I was growing up. I didn't know Steppenwolf's thing. I didn't know. We have Chicago's a theater hub. And I was in the middle of Massive. it, born and raised, and had no clue. And now I get to touch into all of that thanks to my time here. Mm. Um, so you never know. So go with the impulse and don't be scared of really out there professors who <laughs> have your whole vision ready for you. <laughs> like, you have a plan. Yeah, Two don't be scared of his plan. plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for me, tell your story. You know, if you feel like your story needs to be told, tell it. It's, it's storytelling, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that's really important. So on that note, we're going to wrap this up. Um, our thanks to theater senior Anais Gonzalez-Nyberg and Giovanni Ortega, um, assistant professor of theater and dance. Thanks. Thank you so much this was fun. for having us. Thank you to both. And to all who've stuck with us this far, thanks for listening to SageCast, the podcast at Pomona College. Until next time. <laughs>